0: College campuses aren't known as bastions of morality. My freshman year, I was the only person on my dorm floor who was sober by 10 p.m. most Friday and Saturday nights. And most Thursday nights, too. This week, we look at a not-always-quiet corner of campus, the Lutheran Chapel. We also look at how to reduce the noise level in your life with our tech tip and suggestion. Then stay tuned for a handful of announcements and requests. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. But if you want your child not to depart from the Word of God when he goes off to college, what resources are available for the college student to keep him in the Word, to continue to nurture the faith given in baptism and nurtured up to that point? One answer to that question is campus ministry. We have Pastor Max Mons, the campus pastor at St. Paul's Lutheran Chapel on the campus of the University of Iowa in Iowa City. Welcome, Max. Thanks, Bill. So how did you get involved in campus ministry?
1: Well, I got involved in campus ministry when I was a student at the University of Michigan. Uh, I came from a rather nominal Christian background and a Reformed background at that and got to the University of Michigan and started looking for a church and went to the Charismatic Church and went to the Reformed Church and found that I heard about a Jesus that wasn't very real Uh, He was like the flowers in the sunshine, and if my life was with him, everything would be perfect. And I thought that just wasn't reality. Uh, So I had a couple of buddies who lived the floor below me, and I said, Where do you guys go to church? They said, We go to the Lutheran Campus Chapel. And I said, Well, I'll go with you. And I went, and I was amazed. They had this little red book, and we started on page 5, and we got to page 14. We were done, and the pastor would read a passage of Scripture. And he would talk about that passage. Uh, he wouldn't talk about his own agenda, but he talked about what the Bible had to say and about what Jesus had done for us. So I went one Sunday, and then I never stopped going. And uh, it was about my sophomore year in college, I got confirmed at the campus chapel at Michigan and was a part of the peer ministry team there and worked there during the summers. And uh it was really through the ministry there that I thought, maybe I should be a pastor and uh, and that's what happened so kind of a funny thing
0: huh so what kind of specialized training did you need for campus ministry
1: well when I got out I spent the first four and a half years of my ministry in rural ministry and then got the call into campus and I think that four and a half years of training in just a regular parish setting was very valuable because you learned a lot about the situations and the home congregations that the students come from, in terms of being in campus ministry, one of the some of the things that I found that have been exceptionally helpful have been extra classes in counseling that I took as a part of a master's of sacred theology program because you do do a lot of counseling, um, big life issues uh, in terms of things like marriage or a parent dying. Uh, down to things like uh, my boyfriend told me he doesn't want to see me anymore. Uh, but all those things are, are, are a big deal and big things in the lives of students. So I'd say counseling is one. Uh, the other thing is a lot of study. Uh, these students are used to sitting at the feet of the finest minds in the state of Iowa, and when they come to church, they still expect to have in-depth Bible classes and uh they actually do want to know, well, what would be the Greek word there and why would it be important? <laughs> um, so the academic sides is, side of things is, is also rather important. So a lot more research then. A lot more research into things, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So can you share a bit about the history of the Lutheran Campus Ministry program? Well, campus ministry at, at Iowa uh, started in about 1924 when the Iowa District... Uh, the LCMS recognized a need for a permanent congregation in Iowa City. And they installed a man named uh, Julius Friedrich in 1924. And he had three jobs. Um, he was the institutional chaplain, he was missionary for Iowa City, and he was a student service pastor. And history shows that he did the work of three men and that he did it very well. In um, 1924, the Iowa District in conjunction with the National Lutheran Education Association, uh purchased the property that we sit on, which is at four hundred four East Jefferson Street. And after a few years they built a combination chapel and lounge and pastors residence. And they dedicated that in January of nineteen twenty seven uh for a complete cost of about thirty five thousand dollars. Uh and there was a small congregation here uh that was here for quite a long time which then uh, split uh, to form our Redeemer congregation in Iowa City and not long after that came the decision that the campus ministry in Iowa would be a dedicated campus ministry, uh, which means while we do have a, a small permanent congregation of maybe 13 to 20 people, the emphasis is on the students and training them. So when you come to our chapel you'll notice that the the ushers are between eighteen and twenty-two. Our um, our president uh, can off is well. He's graduated now and and is works as a social worker. But many people in our church council are, are still doing their undergraduate programs or their um, graduate programs. Uh, so we look at it as a time to train them and and move them on uh, into regular congregational life. And we've had a number of our alums go out now and. Uh, get settled in an area and join a congregation and get active, and their pastor and people in the congregation will say, well, how did you learn to do all this? And they'll often point back and say, well, we, we did this at the chapel at Iowa, and we got a lot of training there because if we had to do it, there was nobody else to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's a big part of what we do, and that's a little bit about how we how long we've been here. So about 80 years, all told.
0: Wow. So what kind of communication do the various LCMS campus
1: ministries have with each other? There's a lot, um, there's really two organizations, uh, there's Lutheran Campus Ministry Association, and then there's the Higher Things Christ on Campus uh, Association. And each sponsors conferences and uh, workshops, usually during the summer, and, uh, have, they have newsletters and various things, and for me personally, I have a group of, uh, campus pastors, uh, a lot of them at Big Ten Universities, Minnesota, uh, Indiana, one out at the University of Wyoming, Uh and we email regularly and discuss various topics with one another, various things that we're dealing with, and try and get guys to uh, give input and get ideas about what we should do or a good way to handle things. Uh, but the conferences are, are a pretty valuable thing to go to and to mix it up with the other campus pastors and gain new ideas and new insights into what's going on.
0: You mentioned the students going into the local congregations after once they're done at university. How does the campus ministry complement the ministry of local congregations?
1: Well, I think it does it very well. Um, That's kind of a loaded question. If if you've got a town gown situation, well, then you have students working within a a regular congregational setting and, and getting involved in that way and getting some training and and uh, giving the congregation an opportunity to help the students, and the students an opportunity to help the congregation. But as far as the complement goes, once the student is done and moves on, they'll often go in having a wealth of experience that they may not have gotten unless they were involved in a campus ministry. Uh, like I said, for a while here, for two years, my elder was a finishing up pharmacy school. Uh, so he was 22, 23 years old serving his elder, and he was assisting me and making calls and helping out with things so that when he gets into uh, a congregational setting, I think he'll have a lot of understanding of how a church council works, how a board of elders should work, and also be able to bring some things to contribute to that. So we really see it complementing the local congregation and and a, a regular congregation, if you will. And that once the students get out, they've gotten some training, they've gotten some experiences uh, that they can bring to the table in help and service to whatever congregation the Lord uh, puts them in when they get out.
0: So do you have any stories from your
1: experiences that you'd like to share? Well, I think that two that were exciting uh, is two students that we had who came to the chapel and both said, well, I've never been baptized Uh and to take those two through instruction and then to bring them to the font and and be a part of that uh, was wonderful. And it was wonderful to see God do his work in them through word and sacrament, but also wonderful to see how the other students uh, embraced these two and welcomed them and did so much to reach out to them in, in love and in service and help them through their catechetical studies and their preparations for baptism, and to see that uh, they fully welcome them. Another exciting thing is for us is our we have some work with international students, and I just got done before this interview uh, doing a Bible class that involves about five or six uh, women from Korea, uh, and at various stages, some of them lifelong Christians, some of them today we had one who knows nothing of Christianity simply was given a Bible by a friend and then the friend brought her to this study today. Uh, so that's an exciting thing to be a part of that uh, seed planting and kind of grassroots evangelism efforts because uh, we never really know who's going to walk through the door. Um, I'm working with another student right now who's getting married uh, in about a year and had gone to church and then got married to a or got engaged to a very devout Christian man and, and uh, looked and said, you know, this is important. I need to do something with this in my life uh, and having the opportunity to uh, take her through some catechetical study. Uh, all of that is very exciting. And I think the thing with campus ministry, you walk through the door in the morning and you, you really don't have an idea what's going to hit you. Um, it could be anything, student in crisis, uh, student getting engaged, uh, all kinds of things. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. I couldn't think of I really wouldn't want to do anything else.
0: Yeah. You're really uh really hooked on it,
1: huh? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a drug baby. <laughs> it's a lot of fun.
0: So what projects do you have on the horizon?
1: Well, we've got a few things. Um once we get done with Lent, uh, we're gonna start a new kind of bible study we're going to call it table talk and what it'll involve is the students will bring up a topic uh, one of the topics they want to discuss is this and i would say we have a lot of transients and mm. the students are forever walking to class and being asked by a homeless person um, hey give me some money to eat and they say a lot of times we'll tell them no and we feel guilty about that right. and did we feel guilty about that? How can we how can we handle this? So we're looking for um, a time for maybe about forty five minutes to an hour of uh, kind of a half an hour or so of free discussion, and then another half an hour of looking at well, what is this? What do the scriptures say about this? Uh, how do they inform our our thoughts and our actions with this? So it's kind of a, a topical Bible study with a lot of discussion. And then uh, being informed by what the Scriptures and the, and the Lutheran Confessions have to say—that's uh, kind of an exciting project and a bit of a new direction for us in a way that we want to we want to go. Um, that we're—I'm kind of excited about it, and and more importantly, the students are are kind of excited about it as well. So that's the one of the big projects that's on the horizon for us. So
0: where can people learn more about St. Paul's Chapel or other campus ministries in their area?
1: Well, there's a lot that they can do about that. They can um, certainly visit us on the um, on the web. We have our own website, uh, which is www.stpaulic.com. That's one place to go. Uh, another place they can go is the Iowa District East. Website, and you'd have to go under Missions and then to Campus Ministries, and that has the various uh, campus ministries that we're involved with here in the eastern half of Iowa. Uh, The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod website is a great place to go, and you can look up Campus Ministries on that site as well. Uh, Also, the Higher Things website has has, uh, links to various campus ministries. That's really a great place to start. Another great place to go is if you're a student and you're looking to uh, go off to college somewhere, and go talk to your home pastor and say, I'm going to uh, this university. Is there a campus ministry there? And let them look it up in the annual for you. And I really encourage students to get in contact with the campus ministry before they leave home so that they know what are the service times, is there a bus, how close is this to my dorm, what's the schedule, uh, because when you get to college, you get swamped whole lot of activities and everyone wants you to be involved with everything and going into the, that new situation, having it already made up in your mind that I am going to attend the campus ministry and I will be there uh, for the divine service and a Bible study is a great way to start uh, because everything's so new and to know that you can have uh, opportunity each week uh, to go and hear about the one who doesn't change uh, our Lord Jesus is a great blessing. Uh, when you're in a new place and trying to get established.
0: And also, if uh, pastors know of their uh, members who are going to be attending somewhere, um, it's a good idea to contact those campus ministries, pass in information. you guys get a lot of those sort of contacts? information kind of things or
1: yeah we do um and that that's a wonderful thing if the if the home pastor knows that a student's going to a particular university and there's a campus ministry there if he can give that campus pastor a call that's very helpful we're very fortunate at the university of iowa that um we enjoy a good relationship with the university and when students take the uh, act test and check their religious preference if they check uh, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and then they are accepted to the University of Iowa, the university supplies us with a name and address so that we can get in contact with them over the summer. Okay. Uh, some universities, it's very closed, and it's almost as if they wish the campus ministries would just go away, and they do nothing to help, and the pastors are really on their own to try and find these students and let them know about what they're doing. So anything the home pastor can do to put a student in contact with the campus ministry is is very much appreciated um by the campus pastor by the student uh and by the parents it's it's really a wonderful thing and we do get a lot of those contacts um, throughout the uh throughout the year once students start being accepted and and often what's a real fun thing is when the student uh calls us himself or herself to say hey I'm coming Send me information. And we send out a lot of information over the summer to students that we know who are coming to Iowa. And then when they get here we uh we go out and visit them and, and welcome them and have special events to get them involved.
0: So what information do new college students and their families need to know as they come in?
1: I think what they what they need to know is that um, I I'm reminded of what William Willimon uh who at the time was the dean of the chapel at Duke University, said he found a group of Lutheran students meeting in the chapel, and he said something to the effect of, well, eventually I knew you'd get here because uh, you're not in Des Moines anymore, and the university's out to get you. And they don't, they don't apologize for that, but they're out to get you. And if you want to survive, then you Lutheran students are going to need to have good Lutheran food and good Lutheran drink and good Lutheran talk and you're going to need to be together. And I think that's something that that parents need to be aware of, is that when the student arrives on the campus, everything is new, and everything's exciting, and there is most assuredly unbridled temptation on every college campus. And to know that there is a home uh, for their student, a church home, uh, where the student can go and be fed by the Word of God and the sacraments, and keep their keep going with what they've been doing at home Uh that's a wonderful thing so I think parents can uh a great thing for parents to know is find the campus ministry and, and get your child involved Uh know that yeah the college setting it isn't home it's going to be different um, your student probably will be homesick uh, and that's okay it's all a part of growing up and uh the campus ministries are here to help with that kind of thing And we want your child to succeed, too. We want them to do well in in school and in that vocation of student. That's a great way
0: for students to meet uh, people that will be, say, safe to hang around with, too. Yeah,
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: When I was in college, um, and because I went to college in the same town where I grew up, I just kept attending my home congregation, and I never really hooked up with a Lutheran chapel there. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, I had, you know, I made a lot of friends, but uh, in my group of peers, I was pretty much the only Christian. Mm -hmm. And while that was a great opportunity on the one hand, on the other hand, it would have been nice to know some other Lutherans. Oh, sure. And um, so, you know, in retrospect, I really wish that I had gone and at least attended a Bible study there, you know, or something like that, even if I was still attending mm-hmm. uh services at um at my home congregation
1: uh-huh
0: yeah, sure so um but yeah it's, it's a great way to to meet people that that can understand where you're coming from, understand your values and, mm-hmm. and and share in those things and and encourage you
1: yep i i agree and and that's one of the big the big benefits of of being here uh, that we have.
0: Anything else you'd like to add?
1: I think that when uh, students get on campus, it's a great time for them to get involved in a campus ministry, to reflect and to grow in what they've been taught um, and what they believe. Uh, That's what I hear from a lot of students. They get to college, they come to the campus ministry, and they say, I've always believed this stuff, but now I'm really figuring out why I believe it. Uh, which, you know, a lot of mom and dad dragged me to church and, and that kind of thing. Um, so I think that's an important thing that happens at college. But one of the other things, too, that I'd like to add is one of the great benefits of being a campus pastor is you get to reap the fruit of what was sown in the Sunday school class, and the confirmation class, and the youth group, and, and the home around the dinner table with mom and dad. Um, I'm always just so impressed and so thankful for what I see in the students who come here. How mother and dad and the home pastor and the Sunday school teachers, uh, labored in the Lord and their labor was not in vain. Uh, these students, uh, know that Jesus loves them and they love Jesus in return. And it's just amazing. I get to work with just some of the most exciting and wonderful young people, uh, I think in the world here at Iowa. And I give a lot of credit to what the Lord has done in them uh through again the parents and the home congregation um it's wonderful to see so if you're a if you're a home pastor or congregational pastor and you sit there and think i'm getting a lot of blank stares at confirmation, <laughs> don't worry about it because it really is sinking in <laughs> they really are uh the Holy Spirit really is doing his work, and these kids are are coming uh coming here, and they're they're just wonderful to be around and and to watch and to see where they're at. And they, uh, I, I often marvel at what I learn and how my faith grows by being around them and the things they say to me that that uh, push me along and help me in my faith.
0: All right. Well, Mick, thank you for your time.
1: Well, thank you, Dale. And
0: God's blessings on your ministry. And you as well. Time for the This week we're doing the Tech Tip first, and you'll see why in a moment. Our tech tip this week is noise-canceling headphones. Now, somebody's suing Apple because iPod earbuds can damage your hearing. Well, it's not the earbuds that damage your hearing. It's how loud you listen. There is a volume knob on the thing, for Pete's sake. But if you use headphones, and I like to listen to podcasts while mowing the lawn, consider getting a pair of noise-canceling headphones. They're more expensive than normal ones. cheapest ones are right around $50, and then on up from there but they actually generate a field of silence around your ears to only let the sound from your speakers in. That means you don't have to have your music turned up so loud to hear, for example, over the lawnmower. If you use these in the pews wired to your church's sound system for those with hearing aids, these would be absolutely ideal. And now it's time for... The Product product Suggestion of of the the Week. Playing off the tech tip idea, I don't know how difficult this would be, but I'd love to see room-sized noise cancelers. Our church phone has a nasty habit of ringing right in the middle of our service. And if I leave the sacristy door open, you can hear it, at least from the chancel, probably from the nave. I want a field of silence in that hallway. This would be handy for helping children sleep at home, or lots of other uses. Next week on Lutheran Weekly, we feature Johannes Mengstad, National Director of New Mission Fields Development for LCMS World Mission. We'll be talking about the Ethnic Immigrant Institute of Theology, I'd also like to take a moment to thank our biggest sponsor, pdaperformance.com. PDA Performance produces excellent software for the Palm OS, including their award-winning Contacts 5, a replacement for the Palm OS built-in address book. If you're a Palm user, drop by and check out their software. PDA Performance provides all of our hosting and bandwidth, not only for Lutheran Weekly, but for the entire lcmspastor.com website. And while they didn't ask for a mention on Lutheran Weekly, it's about time I did so. If there are Lutheran musicians or church choirs out there that would like to share their music, I'd also like to add a Lutheran music feature to our podcast. If you have a recording you'd like to share, make sure Performance rights cover broadcasting. Then email the file to podcast at lcmspastor.com, or send me a link if you have it on your website. And finally, if you're subscribed via iTunes, there's a link in the show notes. Copy that link into your browser And it should open the iTunes review page where you can leave a review of this podcast. Or you can just go to the iTunes Music Store, type in Lutheran Weekly in the search box, and you'll find it there. Now be honest, I don't need flattery, but post your review. If nothing else, it'll let the world know that people actually listen. If you're subscribed through another service, by all means, please go leave reviews wherever you'd like. Thanks. Well, that closes the book on another Lutheran Weekly Remember that you can post comments on our forums at lcmspastor.com slash forum and ask questions of upcoming guests. Your questions will be read on the air during the interview. If you'd like to leave a voicemail to be aired on the show, you may call 206-339-7909 to leave a message. Thank you, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.